I'm so proud of you guys. I, I am. Sometimes I sit around like a, like a grandpa looking at, you know, what God's doing in your lives. So, so grateful for things like Prism Project that are rising up among us. So grateful for things like being involved in Convoy of Hope, raising up a ministry academy that does both arts and training for ministry. I'm just, you know, you look at all the different ministries, the single moms and the youth and the, you know, young adults and on and on it goes. I'm, I'm so glad I get to be a part of a family that has a vision, <laughs> that has a dream. I'm glad we created an environment where somebody goes, I've got a stupid idea, and we all get excited about it. Yeah. And so I say, well, we tried that once in the 80s, and it didn't work. It seems like sometimes the more foolhardy the idea, the better we like it, because we serve a God who does impossible things every day, you know. So um, we've enjoyed a lot of new people uh, that have come in since COVID, uh, and it's funny, you you kind of came in at a weird time. You watched us on your phones or your iPads or your TV sets. If you really knew how to connect things to things, we were on a TV set. But if not, we were on a phone or some sort of little mobile device. And, and it's funny, when, when you kind of all came rushing in when COVID ended-ish, parentheses, wife's still at home, right? But uh, like when it was kind of like, we want to come to church now, it's funny, I, and I, I wonder if you could help me. What do you think the first question, the number one question that people who had been a part of our church but had never been in the building before and never had that chance to ask the questions. What do you think the, the first question they would ask is? Anybody? What's that? What's next? What else? Who's that handsome guy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It says my name underneath me, so it must not be me. What else? What's that? Is the door open? Yeah. <laughs> Can we come in yet? And it's funny. People say things like, you know, you think they come in and say, okay, what's your doctrine? But they probably looked at our website and found that out. You know, what, what version of the Bible do you use? And we say, you know, big black one, you know, red letters on the inside of it. And, but the number one thing that people ask is this question. What is the vision of Freedom Center Church? It's almost like the other questions have been answered because they've been a part of us. But the one thing they didn't hear is like, now that we're here, what are we going to do here? Now that we're a part of this, what does it mean to be a part of this? Where are we going? So I answer by saying, well, we have a GPS. Help me out. The G is love, love, and love to, you're all going to heaven. And you get to live in the, the good neighborhood too. And then Dina comes up every week and kind of gives us an action statement with that that says we're going to win the lost at any that doesn't cost us our, right? It's, it's there. But then they seem to say, well, those are nice slogans. And, and those are great broad stroke visions. That's wonderful. But then they ask this last question is this, so how are we going to do that? Like, literally, what, what, where can I get involved in that? Well, you know, love God, that's Sunday. They're like, I'm here. Well, love people, that could be like a small group. Oh, okay, I'm going to a small group, or I'm on a virtual group, or I'm taking a class through the church, whatever. And, and, and the, love, the love to serve, I, I would love to serve. What are we doing? And we say, well, once COVID's over with, we'll probably be a decent church again, you know? And I'll be really honest with you, I've had a difficult time answering that last question for several years now. And maybe you caught on to it, maybe you didn't. I love this part of my life. I love teaching the word. Very satisfying. But when people say, how are we going to win the world for Jesus? How many of you guys know I want to show them more than an offering basket? I want to show them more than a bulletin. I want to show them more than a hope. I want to show them someplace that they can connect to that day where who they are can be expressed in a meaningful way. I don't want to recruit you to work in the ministries of the church. I want to find out who you are and release you like an army every week to go and bring light and salt to the world. So today, I am very excited to tell you I can finally answer that last question. I feel like I know exactly what we're supposed to do, and, and, and I, I'll get to that a little bit later on, but my answer begins really with the teachings of Jesus on prayer. This then is how, how Jesus taught us 
how to pray. This is how you should pray, Jesus says. Our Father in heaven, almost all the Catholics are saying it with me. That's so funny. <laughs> like, I'm going to say it with you, and, and where's my beads, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our next step, everybody, everybody stay right here. The immediate vision. We've got the long term. We've got the broad strokes. So what are we going to do next? Starting next week, we're going to start a series on corporate worship. And this is why. If you learned how to be a part of us by watching us on a mobile device, then you probably did, you know, the, you, you, you didn't sing along because it's just you in the kitchen and it's weird. Or it's you in front of people in the family room. That's weird-er. How many guys don't mind worshiping in the car as long as no one else is in the car? But when you come into a setting, like my voice says, I don't know the words, I feel like... And so we, we've watched as the altars once filled with worshipers became just a handful of our young people through COVID. We've watched as people in the first several rows are kind of demonstrative in worship, but the closer you get to the back, the, the, the more distant it feels from what's actually happening in the room. So we're going to spend some significant time. Everybody's significant. It's, it's going to be a season, guys, because I've got this dream, and I'm telling you, it happened even last night. Dina and I came up here last night. She's not allowed here because she's unclean, unclean, you know? But she had to drop off some stuff and pick up some things. So I, I found myself walking from that room out into this platform in a, in a mostly dark room. And, and I used my imagination for a few seconds and began to cry because what I saw was people loving Jesus. I saw altars filled. I saw people responding. How many of you guys know that in God's presence, more can be accomplished in an instant than I can do in a year? That, that when God comes into the room and we're like, it's enemies aren't enemies anymore when God comes in the room. Stuff that separated us, you know, pales in comparison when the presence of Jesus is there. We're going to focus on some things like presence ministry. And you say, what's that mean? I, I don't know, but I know what it means to me. But I know this. When God comes in the room, God does stuff. Jesus' presence can fill a room. Somebody say amen. The Holy Spirit can move like a mighty rushing wind, not just on the day of Pentecost, but next Sunday. And so I'm telling you guys, I believe there's room in this to grow. And so we're going to take some time and we're going to start with the 101s. You know, I'm new to this. I wasn't raised in this. Music is what we politely endured at my last church. I don't know anything about this. It's not a part of me. And I walk in, I see people raise their hands. I I remember the first time I saw someone raise their hands. I'm like, if you got to go to the bathroom, just go. I didn't know what they were doing, right? I saw people kneel. I'm like, man, that must be have a bad back. I mean, I remember atheists. I didn't know because no one had ever taught me, but I, I learned through osmosis. I watched people. I love what Megan said last week. If you guys were here, she talked about God pouring a bucket out, like at the, the water park. She said, not only are those underneath the bucket getting wet, but it's splashing in every direction for, for a long ways. Some of you that are, are overt worshipers are teaching the rest of us to worship. But I think it's time that together we learn how to express our love for Jesus, because God can do something when we're all together in unity. Come on. God can, God, man, we, we need miracles of healing in this church. We need, we need miracles of forgiveness in this church. We need presence, God's presence to fill this place, to fill his people. Let his kingdom come. Come on, let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So next week, we're going to start a season. You say, how many weeks? I see 101 to 104, you know, is the name of the series. I don't know. I, I just know this, that we're going to take the next season to grow in our corporate worship of God. And, and I love what Jesus says here. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, we've heard that so many times, I don't think we know what it means. But if you look at the literal, if there was a picture, if you're drawing a hieroglyph of what that means, it's like man looks at God, man's head blows up. Like if, this, if we're doing this teaching of Jesus with emojis, <laughs> if you're like somebody looking up and then the, right, with the, with the smoke coming out, it literally is our Father in heaven. Whoa, wow. That's what it means in the original language. So when we come together, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, kingdom come. Like, how many of you guys know we've got to stop sometimes to realize what Jesus is saying to us? 
And in that response, I believe the kingdom will come. God's will will be done. So look, look at this next verse. He goes, he continues. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The second thing in 2022 that we're just going to be pressing into, and you've already heard some of it, is that we are going to work to be God's answer to other people's prayers. I am haunted and blessed simultaneously by the knowledge that out there somewhere there's six kids that are stuck in sex trafficking. They're there this morning. They woke up there. They went to sleep there last night. And you saw the statistics, and I won't get into the numbers. They're just too painful. We know them, but they're just too painful. But every time I think of where those six kids are right now, it breaks my heart. But every time I think of where the six kids are going to be this time next year, it gives me hope. I want to be a part of a little girl's prayer, 12 years old, trafficked. And she says, God, if you're real, God, if you're out there, God, if you're good, I desperately need something. Help. How many guys know the most eloquent prayer in the world for those that are in pain? It's not to him who dwelleth between the cherubim and the seraphim. Be glory and blessing for amen. Sometimes the most eloquent thing we can say to God is just scream out, God, help me. When, when Peter is sinking in the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the lake, he, he doesn't have time for eloquence. All he has is a moment of desperation. I want to be a part. I want us to know the pleasure of being the hands of Jesus extended to kids. I want us to be a part of the answer that God has to their prayers. And we partner with Convoy of Hope. You realize they're disaster relief, they're feeding programs, women's empowerment. Like, like you say, well, you know, there won't be any hurricanes in 2022, said no one ever. There won't be any tornadoes, it's 2022. We don't have time for tornadoes. There, there won't be any hungry children on the face of the planet. It's a, it's a modern day. How many guys know that sometimes things get better in some places, but they're always on fire somewhere else? So we're going we're gonna to be a part when, when, a, when someone turns around and sees what looks like Home Depot threw up in a yard and they realize that used to be their house and it's so overwhelming it doesn't even feel real and their eyes go to heaven and say, God, help. I want to be a part of being there when that happens. I want those big red trucks to pull up with laundry and hot water and connection to services and phones so they can get a hold of their insurance company. I, I want to be a part of the recovery of people's lives. When we think about being the answer to other people's prayers, like I literally had this, this conversation last Thursday with a pastor. He said, man, I've, I've got a parsonage. I've got a salary. I just can't find a youth pastor. I can't find someone that wants to invest their lives in kids. Like, I'm just like, oh, we've got some training right now. Like, can you just be patient? He's like, no, I've got a generation of kids in my city that are going to hell. There's not a single youth pastor in our community. I've, I've got everything lined up. I just can't find someone who will come. He said, I've got a youth leader. And if you're listening, you don't know who this is, but he's 65 years old and he doesn't have any teeth. And somehow the dude eats Doritos. And when he talks, little shards of snack food. So no, the only kids that come to my church are the kids that have a drug problem. Their mama drugged them to church to be with Dorito Man. I need someone who comes and cares for kids. When we think about what, we, what we're on the verge of doing, I just want you, you're going to hear a lot of this, guys. We, I desperately, and I believe you do too, or I wouldn't be saying this. I'm not trying to talk you into something. I'm just announcing we're going to be a part of answering people's prayers. When God says amen to what has been said on earth, I want us to be right there with light, with salt, with help. Something that's really been a blessing to us is we've always found a way to be there. COVID shut everything down, so we do. We just... The, people, the truck drivers, went and fed them, and our FCA kids dressed up like chickens, big giant chickens, because they were giving away chicken, I guess, because we didn't have enough money to buy the dog costume, and we were giving away dogs. That doesn't make sense either. Cow costume, whatever it was, right? 
I just, I just love this thought. Instead of us coming to God saying, what can you do for me? Us coming to God and saying, what can I do for you? That, that day on the beach, that, that language came to me that day on the beach. I'm sitting there looking out and they're saying, just, just look at the sunrise and be pretty. I'm like, from behind, I can be pretty as long as I'm opaque and shadowed. You know what I mean? So I'm just looking at the, at the sunrise and that's the phrase that came to my heart. Like, I, I, isn't it God, I'm, I'm tired of asking you for what I need. I'm not. And I always will. And he delights in my prayers. But there was this other step that said, I don't want to just ask God for what I want. I want to ask God for what he wants. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the last thing is this, like how, how are people going to come to Jesus? And in order for me to answer this question, let's take a history of evangelism at Freedom Center Church, right? 95, this snot-nosed, wet-behind-the-ear idealist named Jim Wiegand at 29 years old comes to the Freedom Center. And all I know is big days and big outreaches. I was discipled under a guy named Tommy Barnett in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, and the goal there was just bigger means better, bigger means better. 30,000 people at a fireworks display. And so I said, what, what, when can we draw a crowd? How can we draw a crowd? And one of the guys, John, said, you know what? There's like a fireworks go right off across the street at the high school in the football field. Back when the field was made out of grass and it wouldn't melt and catch on fire, the fireworks started there. He said, you know, people come up and you know, a couple thousand people just sit on the ground. So we have to shoo them away because they're, you know, they come here drinking and smoking. And I said, don't shoo them away. Let's welcome them and let's have like a big water balloon fight. Well, from that big water balloon fight, next thing I know, someone said, hey, I get a go-kart donated. Hey, I can get a, you know, nobody had heard of inflatables yet, but we had like sumo wrestling outfits. Hey, we can do this game or do that Olympics or do these part like a big picnic. And so the first year we did it, 2,000 people showed up and my buddy Steve Peebles got up and he preached the gospel and I watched his hands went up all over the area. I remember a couple years later preaching the gospel. The altar call was over with her, ministering to people and talking and letting balloons go off as people were getting healed and miracles were taking place. So if you see a balloon go off, that means somebody's prayer was just answered. So if you, you know, that's just trying to increase your faith or whatever. So he gave the altar call. It's a half hour after it's over with. The fireworks are getting started. This kid shows up. My kid, she's probably 20 years old. She says, hey, where's, where's the voice guy? I said, the voice guy. The guy that was talking on the microphone. So she was directed to me. I said, what can I do? She goes, I was sitting at Taco Bell in the parking lot on the tailgate of my boyfriend's truck. And I heard you say anyone from any background with any need can give their life to Jesus tonight. She said, I've walked all this ways because I need to give my life to God. Can I give my life to God still or is it too late? Like, yeah, come back next year. So we've, we've, been, we've been like the big event church. I, to this day, like, what, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, where do you pastor? Freedom Center. Never heard of it. I said, it's over behind the high school. Oh, the 4th of July church. I was like, we should have just called it the 4th of July church. <laughs> you think Freedom Center you know? But then we found other places, not just an event, but uh, I call it like niche ministry, unless you're French, then it's the niche ministry. Like skate park. How many of you guys remember the skate park? It was wonderful. We had skate park hours and very few people came to it. And then we had hours where we were closed where everybody jumped the fence and went skating. Desi Mayner. <laughs> Others that are adults now, right? And, and, but we were out there every day and, you know, loving on the kids and Man, people got saved, and like the kids got saved, and their parents wanted to come and see what kind of cult is my kid going to? He's barely punching his brother anymore. Something's wrong. The brother came, he got saved. Mom came in to find out what kind of cult they're going to. She got saved. Dad came about six months later, he got saved, and then pastored the church that we planted in Linden. I'm just saying, like, that's, we've been outreach, outreach, outreach. We go from there to, to things like the uh, altar calls, like weekly. I don't care if it's, you know, a big day or a big ministry. Like, how many guys know we never want to have a service where we don't give everybody an opportunity to get right with God that isn't? But I, I, here comes the honesty part. 
and, and maybe you've been a part of it, maybe you've seen it, but I felt like it's been obedience with repetition, but with diminishing returns. I, and this is just me. And so I, being, again, I've never lied to you guys. You would know if I'm lying right now, but I've never lied to you guys. Oh, Desi, I just made fun of you. You weren't here. Ask your wife. It was a good rip. It really was. It was, you'd be bleeding if you heard it in person, you know. But I, I, uh, here's the truth. Like for the last few years, I've been wondering if my time is done. Because it's, it's one thing to lead if you know where the heck you're going. It's another thing to have gotten an order 27 years ago that you're still following. But it feels like there's less fruit every time you do what God told you to do. Does that make sense? So I, I kind of thought, well, maybe it's me. Maybe it's the season. Maybe it's time for younger. Maybe it's time for older. And, and I'm not saying it isn't those times, but I, I am saying this. It wasn't for a lack of trying. And so I, I've been praying God. I remember, I remember watching people go through this. I remember friends like Mark Woodbury who pastored in Charlotte and we were coming back from Africa and I don't sleep on planes because something about dying in my sleep has always bothered me. And so I stayed up. He stayed up and, we, and he, he told me just, I put in an application at Auto Parts Store the other day because I think I'm done. Like, well, why? Because I just don't feel like I have the answers anymore to the questions that my community, not my church, I'm answering all my church's questions. I can't answer my community's questions to come to Christ. So for eight hours as we flew over the Sahara Desert from Ouagadougou to Paris, we, we redid his church. Like I've been there, I've seen it, but this time it was my turn and there was no flight from Ouagadougou to Paris. And I just said, God, I, you know, I guess I'm done. How many guys know if you don't get a new order and you're being obedient to the old order, but the old order is not doing what it should do, then how many guys understand where I'm at, Right? So three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we're in Traverse City. Estina and I, we got some time away, and I got honest with her. She got honest with me. By, by that, I mean we had an argument. <laughs> and she's like, Jim, I'd love to lead the staff where you want to go. Would you just please tell me where you want to go? And I go, well, love God, love people, love to serve, win the loss at any cost. It doesn't, I mean, babe, you know these. Because I know, but what does that mean? It's different when a guy who hasn't been in our church before asks you that question. It's different when your wife says, I'm leading the staff, and I don't know where we're going. I need you to know where we're going, and I need you to lead us there. And I just got desperate, so I gave, her, I gave her the one thing I might believe in. It was 1%. But, but that 1%, as I explained to her, how many guys know when God's in something and when God's not in something? As I began to verbalize the 1%, it became 20% in 20 minutes. From that, I laid awake in bed that night. How many guys know that if you have COVID and you're laying awake in bed, it's a miracle? Because I was tired waking up, I was tired going to sleep, and I'm laying there looking at the ceiling going, I... Okay, all right, I wake up in the morning, it's 20%, it's become 50%. We talk some more about it, talk to some other people about it, it's 70%. By the time we got back from Traverse City, it's 80%. I started talking to the staff about it, even though they didn't know that's what I was talking to them about it. Does this, does this thing have the guts? Does this thing have the nerve? Does this thing have, you know, am I, do I believe it enough that when someone goes, that's a bad idea, I can say, yeah, but it isn't, because. Because that's what got me here, at least, is I knew that I knew. When you say, we're going to break bricks with our head, tear phone books, and blow up hot water bottles, and nobody's seen that before, they go, you're an idiot. I go, but I'm an idiot who knows what he's doing. I know what God wants us to do to reach. As the skate park, we're going to build a skate park. I told no one. Why? Because no one wanted me to build a skate park. So we, we built it in a corner of the building that nobody really saw. It was already up and running and functioning and fully insured before I told the board about it. Probably not good leadership. But once they heard about it, they didn't fire me. And that's all I'm going to say. Seven, eight, nine years ago, we're at a conference for pastors of churches like this. And the, the, the speaker got up and he said something I'll never forget because I didn't like what he said. He said, in Seattle, where I live, uh, we don't have outreach because there's such opposition to the gospel that if we were just to stand on a street corner and say the gospel, people just 
would walk past you. Like, we cause more harm than good. She says, so we have no evangelistic outreaches at our church. And as soon as I heard that, I went, I'm done with you. If you don't have the nerve to stand on a street corner in Sodom and Gomorrah and preach the gospel, you have no right to preach the gospel at all. That's the way I took it. Like, forget it. If you don't have the nerve to stand on the street corner or to blow up an inflatable or to love kids or do a vacation Bible, if you don't have any events to reach your community, then I don't even know what you're doing at this conference talking to pastors because in my estimation, you should resign. But then he followed up that statement with this statement. He said, the way we reach people for Christ, here we go, you ready? He said, we take such good care of people that they tend to tell their friends whether their friends are saved or not. And I thought, well, can I still break bricks? Can we still have a skate park? Like, ah, I just blew it off. I'm sitting in a parking lot in Traverse City, and Dana said, just tell me anything. Just tell me, just be honest with me. Jim, what do you think? What do you feel? You say? I said, if there's one thing I'm kind of chewing on, what if Freedom Center took such good care of people? What if we loved each other so well? What if we were the casserole cookie church? What, what if we cared? What if every group, what if every leader, what if we trained? What if instead of a sage from the stage, we had a thousand guides by the sides of the people of our community? What if we knew how to lead our friends to Jesus? What if we weren't afraid to pray? What if we believed in miracles? And, and so the third emphasis is this, guys. We're going to take such good care of people. I believe they're going to tell their friends. Or does that mean we're done with big days? Never. I'm sorry, that was, that was a President Biden thing, wasn't it? I did it again. <laughs> Never. No. Because that's part of who we are, and our community still tolerates it very well. We're going to have, I had some the other day, said, oh, you're the Halloween church. I'm like, we are the fall harvest gathering party hallelujah-ween church. We are not, we are not the Halloween church. Like, please don't say that in front. I still got some people that freak out about that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, we go to that every year. Are you going to do the hay rides this year? I'm like, you, it's freezing cold. It's raining. You're sitting on a bale of hay behind a tractor, and this is good? Like, why would that, what idiot came up with a hay ride? Am I right? Sleigh ride, 10 times worse. Hay ride, dumb. We love our kids and pumpkins and you know, we're still going to do that stuff for our community and with our community, but I really believe that, that this is one of our key goals. Listen to this. By the fall of 2022, I want everyone who's willing to know how to personally lead someone to Jesus. I want, you, I want you to know the honor of leading a friend to Christ. You may not remember this, and you may be too young, but I remember this because I came up in this. There are people in this room that this may even be your testimony. You worked in the factory. You worked at the shop, and you were not a believer. You might have some church in your background. You might be an atheist. You might be an addict. You might be an abusive, you know, been married 17 times and you're convinced that all women are crazy, even though you're the common denominator in all 17 failed marriages. All women are crazy, right? But that guy, that lady, went to work at General Motors and they went to work the same way they went to work for 20, 30 years. And they came home having been born again because someone led them to Jesus. I'm, I'm here to tell you guys, I believe God's going to revive that. You could call it the Jesus movement. You could call it the revival of the 80s. You could call it the charismatic renewal. I don't care what you call it. But I, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me he's going to put his blessing on that again. For the courageous, for those who will attempt, for those who are not afraid, for those who have been trained, for those who are well aware, I believe God's going to use you to lead people to Jesus. No longer the sage from the stage, even though the sage will continue to preach as long as there's breath in his lungs. But the, but the guide by the side. They take a break at school. They take a break at work. They take a break, whatever it is, at a meeting, at a conference. And by the time that break is over with, they've gone from being lost to being found. 
We're going to spend significant time this year, and I can, I'm not quite sure how to read right now. You're like, oh, can we talk about the worship thing again? But I am saying this. How many guys know that if you ever get the experience of being God's hands, you'll never want to stop being God's hands? You, you get the experience of expressing God's heart in a tangible, meaningful way, you'll never stop wanting to be God's heart. And if you are honored to be God's voice, in a world that is so lost and so confused, you will never want to quit speaking for him. Those who win souls, the Bible says, are wise. And so we're going to work on the wisdom of God through this. Piano guy, join me, please, if you had. I was supposed to say that earlier. So Rob, run. Just kidding. Rob doesn't run. We're going to take this next season to grow in our corporate worship. If you see that as a significant next step, say amen. You see it? You feel it? Next week we start. This is like Sunday. Next week we start learning, growing, experiencing, interacting in an atmosphere of worship. We're going to be working hard to be God's answer to other people's prayers in 2022. We'll be talking more about that. There'll be opportunities given all over the place. Um, and that is one of our key emphasis for this year. And thirdly, we're going to take such good care of people. Come on, I love this one. If it wasn't for this last one, I, I really don't think I could be here another year. But God gave me that right there. We're going to take such good care of people that they're going to talk about what God's doing in their life through you. Because of that, some people will be saved. Because of that, some people will be ministered to. So kingdom builders, it's, it's, a, it's a big part of what I'm talking about. You've heard Dina say many times, it's the gas in the van. Our percentage giving pays the mortgage and the salaries and the insurances, changes the light bulbs, cleans the carpets. The kingdom builders is that mechanism that, that goes beyond what we need to what the world around us needs. Last year, and this is a conservative, because I think it's larger than this, but I, I work in round numbers because down to the penny just confuses me. I can't remember my own phone number. How many guys are with me? And the pharmacist says, what's your birthday? I have to like, you know, right? But last year, you guys gave over and above your percentage giving $590,000. Now, I want you to know something. I'm not asking you to give your money to the church. That's not what this is. I'm asking you to give your money beyond the church. We're going to give our money to the church because this is our family. This is our church. This is our fellowship. We love this place. I, I haven't had to like preach on tithing because if you don't give this week, the dog won't be fed. And the, we're, God has blessed you and God has blessed us through you. Does that make sense? This, this body is wonderful. But, but what I am fighting for right now is this. I believe that there's six little girls out there somewhere that need someone to answer their prayer. I believe there's disasters that haven't taken place and they're going to take place and I want us to be there when it happens. There's missionaries to take care of. There's single moms that need to be loved and sent to conferences. So just Even on just, just a break, we, we're going to care for Clara's hope. We're going to care for, we're going to do everything we can because God, I'm not asking you to give money to this church. This church is so blessed. I'm saying would you give money through this church to the world beyond this church? Would you care for each other deeply? Would you join us next week so corporately together we learn how to worship? Like, I know how to worship. Great. Even more important than you're here because we teach by watching others do what they do. I, I can't teach you this. It has to be experienced. And in an atmosphere where everybody's getting this, those who don't even have Jesus will get this. And through that, they'll get Jesus. I'll tell you more about that next week, how powerful your worship can be as a testimony to unbelievers. I mean, it might make them feel uncomfortable good uncomfortable people ask good questions so here's the deal I'm done preaching I'm going to invite my wife to come up here today Pastor Jason 
who is, uh, I'm I'm about inspiration. He's about helping you figure out how to actually do this. In five minutes, he'll be done. We're going to time him. It's not enough time. (laughs) Would you welcome Pastor Jason? One of the things about investing. Thanks. Yeah. One of the things about investing is this. I'm I'm trying trying to be an investor. I'm terrible at it, but I'm learning. And the more you know, the better you do, right? And, and one of the things is you look at time, you look at where to put the money, where to invest your money to have a return. And, and time, Pastor Jim and Dina being here for how many years? 20, heaven. Oh yeah, as long as I've been married. 27 next month. Wow, that's amazing. But I'll just say being here for a big part of their journey, knowing the investment here in their vision and watching them live out their life in obedience Every single thing they're talking about, I was, I was there from a big portion of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. And I'm watching and I'm remembering. And I, I, we used to run the skate park. Like, like God is just moving so much in this house because of the obedience of our leadership. Because that is a good investment. We're not investing in Pastor Jim and Dina, but we are, they are vessels. They are, they are pro- producing kingdom things taking place. I mean, come on, right now, raise your hand if you've been affected, impacted by the kingdom of God because of their obedience. If you're sitting in the room, I, I'm going to impel you to say, you are, you have been. I know that in the, in the early stages of our marriage, 27 years ago, finances were hard. Finances were tough. We struggled big time. And you know what church came up and swooped us up and paid a couple of our bills to help us out? This one. Because of their obedience. We got to thrive. And, and we used to, <laughs> we try to give, and we give what we could give, and we try to be obedient and above and beyond. And it was stinking hard. And I know there's a lot of you in this room today, you're like, oh, yeah, sure, I want to be part of this. I have a vision. And that's amazing, and you should, and you should write it down. But never let go, because God is going to bless you in your obedience. God is going to bless you. It might be $5 today type of thing. But man, I'm telling you, our testimony is so powerful of where we were to where we are. And it's not because of some cool thing that we did and, you know, somebody inspired us. But it was literally just being obedient to what God's called us to do. And seeing the things that were, he just talked about for this, this service. The, the inspiration that we were given by God moving in people's lives. By the consistency and the sacrifices made by the leadership here at Freedom Center Church. Guys, if you want to invest this is a good place to invest. Kingdom Builders is going all across the world, investing into people, feeding people, clothing people. I don't know what would be a better investment than this. It's so cool to watch. The video, the first three up was, was uh, FCH, the school we run. Um, it was the Journey House, and it was Convoy of Hope. And ironically, we're leaving, excuse me, we're leaving on the 14th to go FCA to go on a missions trip with Convoy of Hope. And guess who's going with us? Sylvia Blythe, so, which is the Journey House, which is so fun. I just realized in that video, all three of us are partnering together to go do this missions trip. It's just cool. God always is orchestrating everything. He knows what he's doing. These cards, this is how we're going to end the service. Every one of you should have one of these cards. It's in the back of the seat in front of you. Maybe you have to reach back if you're on the front row. There are pens. I'm going to ask, because I, I've read and there's studies done, that if you have a vision, if you have a dream, I don't care if you're a broke college student. I don't care if you're like, I don't have a job. I live at home. I'm 12 years old. I don't care. This is what I'm asking. Every single one of us puts pen to paper today. 
If you're online watching, there is a link that you can click on, and it's the same information. Put pen to paper today. I'm not asking you to necessarily give money today, but put pen to paper because some of you guys can't give, and that's completely understandable. That's completely understandable. Some of you give already. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, everything that you do, the sacrifices you make, the obedience. But the first one on here, I'm going to walk you through this because I want to make sure that we all understand what we're doing. The first one on here says, would you like to add to the existing pledge? This is talking to those of you who already pledge. And would you like to add? So that's like saying, I, I would like to give an extra this much or whatever. If so, then you just circle yes. Would you like to continue giving the same amount? You can circle yes there. There's a new pledge. If you're brand new and never done this before, obviously that's you. And if you want to add the desired, the extra amount, that's where you would write that as well. There's the one time, the weekly, the bi-weekly, the monthly, and then there's smart give. And I'll just tell you real quick, the smart give is like an automatic withdrawal. It comes directly out of your account. This is what we do. It does, there's no fees charged. So it's like a credit card. There's going to be, what is it, like 3% or whatever that comes out. So you're going to be that 3% less. So, which is not a big deal for one person, but when you add how many people give over the course of a year, that's a lot of money that we're giving to nothing. So you can either do the smart give, so there's no extra fees, or if you would like to do it by credit card because you're just, that's what I do, then that's awesome. There's the little box you can click that says, I will cover the processing fee. It's like, whatever. Very low, but for one person, but when you add it up, it adds up a lot. So this is how we're going to end. If you're in the room and you're like, I can't, and or I just don't want to right now, that's fine. I'm still asking you guys to fill the card out, just your information, your name. And maybe, maybe you have a goal. Maybe you have a goal, you have a dream to give, and maybe it's, I don't know, God wants you to give 10 grand, but not right now. Okay, cool. Write that down. And this is when I want to do it. Whatever. It's not saying this is your commitment. It's saying this is my dream. This is my prayer. This is the inspiration that I have. This is what I've been compelled to do. I'm just asking everybody in the room to put something down. And maybe you're just going to say, I can't do anything right now. I don't see it in the near future, but I am praying. That right there is enough. Just let us know. <laughs> maybe you think we're crazy. Maybe you're like, yeah, I'd like to see the paperwork. Okay, that's fine too. Write that down. I don't care. I just think it'd be cool because what it does is this collectively. It's talking about uh, this community, this worship, right? All of us together in community and worshiping corporate worship. There's something about the unity about every single one of us grabbing a hold of this and saying, okay, I see it. I get it. I see it too. That mindset. There's a unity in numbers. There's unity in the body. We are one. And so I just want to just, I want to encourage you to be one with each other. So what we're going to do, I'm going to give you guys a minute to fill out the cards and whether you're praying, whether you're giving, whether you're whatever your commitment. And then we're going to take and we're going to open up these altars and we're just going to drop them right here on the altar, anywhere along the whole front. And that is how we're dismissing today. We're just going to leave it here at the altar and say, okay, God, here's my offering right here at your altar. I'm going to give you guys a minute to fill that out, and then I'm going to close this out in prayer. And once I say amen, you come down this way, drop it, and then have an amazing, amazing day.
42% more apt to do the thing if you write down your vision, you write down your dream. Isn't that crazy? There's a psychology that takes place. We are 42% more apt to do the thing. And I've, I've witnessed this, I've experienced this, I teach this to my students constantly. There's something about writing it down, this dream, this vision that God's put in your heart, this thing that I want to accomplish, whatever, whether it's a small task or a God thing, 42%, that's huge. Even if you didn't utilize that today, utilize that in your life. Watch, you will soar. Could we, real quick, just, um, I don't know, man. I think Pastor Jim and Dina are some of the most phenomenal people ever met in my life. Can we just give it up to them? All their sacrifices, all their inspiration, all their love, their mercy, they're just, God knows what he's doing, amen? But Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that we get an opportunity to partner with the kingdom of heaven to advance your kingdom here on earth. God, I pray that you would just put your spirit in this room, God, that you would just move with every single penny that is, is uh, commissioned today to you. God, that every single penny would just go and reach the end of the earth. Father, I thank you for young girls being saved, Father, out of, out of the sex slave, God. God, that they would just be completely and totally healed and restored. And you would just lift people up. God, salvation would sweep our nation. God, you would inspire people. God, that we would feed the hungry, that we would clothe the naked. Jesus, that we would do the things that you've called us to do. Father, we praise you and we thank you for the means, for the ability to go out and win this world for your name. So Jesus, bless this offering. Bless this, these, these cards, this time, this kingdom builders, God. Bless these kingdom builders, these world changers, God. Lord, I know that today was the tip of the iceberg. Father, you're doing so much beneath the surface. God, bless you. Thank you for doing what only you can do, God. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you are dismissed to come down and drop off your card.